Recording. All right. Welcome to episode 69 of Probably Polly, the podcast where we question everything, even our name. He he couldn't even say it with a straight face. (laughs) As always, I am your host, Michael Haig. I am your co-host, Sarah Lucas. And I'm your co-host, Mandy Conant. And in honor of our 69th episode, we thought that we would talk about the most overrated sex acts. Yes. 69 itself. Yes. Wong, wong, And uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do it or even have time, but I might also throw in random overrated polyamory or ethical non-monogamy advice that I see everywhere as long as we're on theme. Because I'm in a lot of groups and I see the same advice circling and a lot of times I'm like, I don't even understand what that is for. We should 100% just throw those at the end. Just rapid fire. Yeah. Obviously, it's episode 69, so that that immediately makes us think about the sex act 69. But also, uh, this sort of started because I was playing this getting to know you card game with a friend of mine and it said what's the most overrated sex act was the question every other question we actually had a discourse and on that question we both like oh it's obviously it's just it's 69 and then moved on everybody we've asked sort of said the same thing I think that you, we've had this discussion on a show before, too. Like, I think it's popped up in conversation. If we haven't said it in the show, you've cut it, and it was, like, on tape that we haven't used. But we've definitely discussed this between the three of us. I don't remember, but I believe it. But now, someone else had a different first sex act. I remember that, like, after we started discussing 69, they were like, oh, no, it is that. But they also had another one. What was that, Sarah? Shower sex! Yes, yeah, mine was doggy style. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doggy style. I don't like doggy style. I don't like it. We're gonna come back to that one. All right. Try and figure out what's happening right there yeah I, i'm gonna have to disagree with sarah on that one yeah but shower sex shower <laughs> sex is awful yes that's water oh, is man. the anti yeah that's not the greatest either like any water sex for the most yeah, part any like, water sex oh yeah like they're trying to do it like in yeah. a tub or anything like hot tubbing like that fuck that shit or swimming pool or don't do it <laughs> oh swimming pool Ugh, disgusting particularly if it's in a public pool right not only is it just unhygienic (laughs) water is the anti-lube it is literally washing all of the good Mm. juices all the good right. stuff. Was- I guess we're starting with water then because we, we got to like pick one and stick to it. We can't just like throw out highlights. We got to like do each of them and then come back. So I like this. <laughs> so we're starting with water. All right. Okay. It's really difficult to make that work without hurting yourselves. It doesn't yes. feel particularly good. You're constantly no. stopping yeah. and trying to fight that. Somebody's going to be raw afterwards. Right. Somebody's going to be raw. And you're slippery. Yep. Has anyone actually tried like a gel silicon lube for in the water? Do they have water specific lube? I feel like they should make that if they don't. You know, I've actually been so dissatisfied with like water sex that I'm just like, fuck it. Let's just go to the bed. (laughs) Like, I don't even want to try something (laughs) else. Like lubes. No, I don't want to spend money on this shit. I've definitely (laughs) shut the shower off, got out and just climbed into the bed. Like, right. Water sex is for shit. Like, and and so not only is somebody going to be chafed or raw afterwards yes but it's hazardous somebody's gonna fall or slip it's just not oh yeah i didn't think about it's that it's never gonna be as sexy as it is in the movies <laughs> never yeah yeah it's all soapy all sudsy up then you've got like suds going into parts where it shouldn't go and then that stings and shit and, and since we're talking about water sex can we throw in beach sex as well then on top of that or is that a whole other one? I've never had beach sex. Don't. Cake by the ocean. I've never Don't. done that. It's sand. 
Yes, it doesn't sound very pleasant. Like, I feel like if you get, like, a like a really, really fucking huge blanket, maybe you can make it work if you don't, like, wiggle too much. That's sand, <laughs> man. Sand gets everywhere <laughs> when you don't sit on it. There's no such thing as even a remotely private beach anywhere. Yeah, seriously. You're definitely always 50 feet, 60 feet from someone's house, from right. an old couple who's retired sitting on the porch. Yeah. Yeah, not sexy. So, like, where does anyone even, like, fucking do it? It's not ever, ever going to be as sexy as it is in the movies. No. Unless you're really quiet partners. Like, I definitely tried it one time, and my partner was loud, and I felt like a prairie dog. You know how, like, prairie dogs are always, like, head up and, like, looking left, looking right, looking left, looking right. And, yeah, so, like, I'm trying to pay attention. I'm not enjoying myself, like, at all. And I'm like, shh, fucking quiet, shh, like, which I feel like a dick for doing, but, like, also, it's just a beach. So, like, there's just people, like, walking by, yes. like, 40 feet away, oh you know? God. And you're like, shit, be quiet, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> yep. It's like getting head in a car. You got a prairie dog when you're getting head in the car, too. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But I do feel like the beach is in the water in the beach is better than regular water. Like, the, I don't know, the ocean water is less anti lube, in my experience. That was less immediately painful. Yeah, but you got the waves hitting you and you, and they got the sand and, and, and organisms. Yeah, but the organisms are on that, but they're they're on that anyway, man. The organisms are on all your junk in the water, whether you're using yeah. your junk or not. See, I feel like like kelp would like wrap around my leg or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not shoving it up in you. I mean, I don't know. Ocean water is basically saline with organisms living in it. I'm not so <laughs> sure how different that is, to be honest. But. Right, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, right. man. <laughs> <laughs> but then like bathtub sex, like you have to have a massive tub. Yes. Honestly, your tub has to be so big, it's basically a hot tub if you're going to enjoy <laughs> having bathtub sex in it. Yeah. And only fill that sucker up halfway. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Because you're going to be making waves. You're going to flood the house. <laughs> you're going to make a mess. Have massive floor damage yeah. you have to fix afterwards. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Only fill it up halfway, folks, or it's going to get even worse. Yeah, I know I, when I was younger, I definitely booked a room at a place whose whole specialty was that they had giant tubs, basically, for you to use for, like, a romantic weekend getaway. And, like, we did it once, and we're like, that was a lot of work for not so great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was novel, I guess. And, of course, we'd built it up because it was our whole plan. So it was a little bit better because it had, like, the role-playing sort of, oh, we're going to meet up and have this romantic tub sex. But then we were like, well, we got that tub. Do you want to use it again? And it was like, yeah, as a bath, I would like a nice, warm, relaxing (laughs) bath, work out my muscles. I don't really want to get in it together or anything or maybe get in it together and just relax together. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's nice. Getting in a nice deep tub and just having a relaxing soak with a partner is a nice, intimate experience. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, not the actual whatever type of sex you're having moment itself. Right. Or great aftercare. Yeah, before or after, you know, it's great afterwards. (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Not during. Yeah, not Not for the act. No. Oh, someone else just jumped to one that was really good. Oh, getting ahead in the car. Yeah. Yeah. I like doing that. You have to prairie dog. I think that's so fucking fun. As the person receiving it, you have to prairie dog the entire time. So you're not like super into it. You got to keep a lookout. Okay, you can't bring him to climax. You can't do that. Are we talking about driving or not driving? Oh, I'm sorry. We need okay, to clarify. Yeah. Oh, car sex is okay. driving or not driving while getting head in the not car. Not dri- Oh, sorry. Okay. Car sex parked is just so parking. If you park and you do parking, it, yeah, you okay. absolutely got a prairie dog the whole time. Yeah, for sure, park. sure, for sure. Whoever the partner whose head is up is definitely looking around because what the hell? Right. And driving, <laughs> like it's the same concept as 69. I've, if I've got to concentrate. On driving, 
please do not touch me in ways that are going to send my eyes to the back of my head. I need them to the forward of my head to drive. It's, I mean, it's clearly not safe to do it while driving. That's for sure. Although I feel like for overrated, we have to look exclusively at how much fun it is. Because oh. I, don't, I don't think it's fair to be like, it's overrated because you could probably die. Because the part of the rating is probably the the risk factor that it's sort of daring and you know fun like, All right. you know I don't I don't I'm not I mean obviously we don't recommend that while driving for real but I don't enjoy it either because I have to pay attention well and I think it's really hard to get a good angle on a woman in a car if they're using their feet to drive in my experience I haven't been able to get yeah. low enough and close enough to really do a good job I feel like in a car I feel like I couldn't get my legs contorted enough for like even just to right. anything like hap- yeah right <laughs> that, so again an overrated any of that makes sense? <laughs> On the flip side of that, though, I will also say I don't think sideways has ever been my favorite direction to get yes, to yeah. get ahead. Yeah, to get to receive penises are usually ovoid, so the wider direction is in the smaller direction of the teeth when you're sideways. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you are larger or your partner is smaller or both it's also usually very painful. Mm. But my experience of getting car head is that I have cuts at the end. Ooh. Oh, from between teeth? Yeah, from the yeah. teeth. So it's like theoretically possible, but... Well, that... And let me tell you, for the giver, it's not comfortable either. Oh, God, how could it be? Your legs are straight, but your body is sideways. Yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah, it's not... See, I think it's so fun. <laughs> As a, okay, as a woman giving a head to a man, like in the passenger seat, uh, he's just like, oh yeah, like just just a little, like just lean over and give head for just a minute. I just think it's sexy. Like I don't ever bring him to climax. Now is he driving? Is it again in your in this scenario? They're driving. Yeah. yeah. No, I do think I think it's daring and intellectually sexy. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's exciting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why I've let myself get teeth marks. <laughs> It's an interesting in-between stage. I still am not 100% against participating in it, but like it has a lot of drawbacks. Like it is definitely, I think people in movies almost make it out like the ultimate thing. Like if your partner will go down on you while you're driving, that's just such a daring, sexy relationship. Yeah. And I don't know that it's that. No. Yeah, I, mean, like... I don't know that it's that bar. Like, because again, the overrated is the difference between how good it is versus how good it's supposed to be. And I feel like there's a whole technical issue. Right. There's a like a practice issue. There's a teeth issue. There's an angle issue. Okay, okay. Well, that and the the steering wheel. Right. (laughs) Fucking steering wheel. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's still there. (laughs) Yeah. You can't hit it either. You can't hit the steering wheel. So yeah, it is it oh just horribly overrated, uncomfortable. It takes too long to Yeah, it's not as good. It's not the right spots and everything. So it definitely takes a lot longer. Yeah. And you can't concentrate. You can't fully right. enjoy it. I will say this. As in our group, the penis having person, usually, even if my goal is to not orgasm, like I try to not think about it at all, go to like a Zen meditative place in my head, on a long enough timeline, I will still orgasm because that's 
the the equipment that I have. Right. Whereas the other way, I totally understand mm -hmm. if you're too distracted, as from what I've been told, you basically just can't get there yeah. at all. So one of the things that I will say is one of the sex mm -hmm. acts that I do enjoy is I do enjoy sex acts where I'm supposed to concentrate on something else. There's something sexy about trying to ignore the other person and having them do all that extra work to get there anyway for me. So like I've done sex where the sex is the meditation and you're focused on the sex. And I've also done sex and the meditation is basically just doing regular breathing thinking about the you know the air at your nose trying not to perceive the rest of your body the way that you do <laughs> and seeing how long that takes and how long i can suppress that orgasm hmm. so like that's not as bad for me in the in the the roadhead concept like that's almost kind of attractive like if i'm driving and my partner's like i'm gonna spend 45 minutes going down on you before you come i'm like yeah that's kind of exciting that you're this into this. Like you're going to be <laughs> bent sideways. You're going to have a total backache right. tomorrow. Your neck is just going to need a massage, but you are really committed to this. Yeah. So then I, I focus on the road as part of the game, right? Like I have to keep my focus because I'm driving. So I want to be as safe as possible. And yeah. I haven't done this in years. I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But when I had done it that when I was younger, <laughs> this is... When we were horribly irresponsible. Yes, yeah, yeah. The older I get and the more I worry about people dying and right. the number one method of death for your like 50 in America is always car crashes. And I'm thinking about distracted driving. Uh, it may not have been the safest or most ethical choice I've ever made since, of course, you could wreck the car into <laughs> other people. Before mm -hmm. there were cell phones, there was road in. Yeah. For sure. Yes. <laughs> so then other other car sex, normal when the car is parked sex, though, I don't like that as well. We were going to touch on that a little bit. Even that is just like. Yeah, I don't think that's overrated. I've never heard someone tell me that was awesome. Really? I think it's terrible. But everyone that I know that does car sex did car sex because they had nowhere else to go. It was like when you were too yeah, young okay. or your co-housing situation isn't working for you right now or mm -hmm. you don't have the money for a hotel room. I have never heard anyone be like, so my partner has the greatest pad with an amazing sex bed and like chains on the wall. <laughs> but you know what we're doing tonight? Car sex. We're taking the car out <laughs> and just going. I've never, I've never had that conversation with someone. The conversation has always been they move back in with their mom and their cousins are visiting and they don't want everyone in the house to know we're having sex. So they're going to tell them they're going out for groceries and we're going to go have sex behind like a construction lot. Yeah, it's never an okay. exciting pitch. No. So I don't know that I would call that overrated. Okay. Okay. Is that yeah. 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 It doesn't fit in where we're going. I have actually had amazing parked car sex before. Really? But it was pretty strategic and like in a garage. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to worry about people seeing us. And it was a fantasy. It was like working out a fantasy that my partner had. Mm -hmm. And it was actually pretty fucking amazing. Cool. But there, like I said, it was strategic. Mm -hmm. We made sure that we would be able to enjoy it. Mm. So interesting. Me adding that did not negate it being highly overrated. So <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do we got? Well, we haven't actually done 69. So let's go back and do 69. So okay. I think 69 is the all time most overrated sex act. It's what almost everyone agrees to. Yes. Um, and there's a couple reasons for that. I do think the fact that 69 is effectively it's a not covert, but covert way to mention sex. And so it just comes up organically all the time. Mm -hmm. I'll get my receipt at a grocery store and the clerk will be like, oh, you spent 
$69 a day and like, you know, snicker at me. Like, so like, there's not another <laughs> number that's just associated with sex. Like, I think if we named another sex act a number, yeah. like if we were like, I don't know, car sex is the number 32. And every time 32 <laughs> came up, you snickered about car sex. Missionary like, is 11. I feel like it would be more popular as far as overrated, because I think that that's one of the things about 69 is it's the same way they have a, what's the number for smoking marijuana? 42? 420. Yeah. 420. You know, I know people in areas where it's totally legal, I'm sure, that whenever 420 comes up, like if someone calls them and goes, oh, hey, it's 420. What are you doing? They, they'll just smoke, you know, or if it actually is 420, they'll smoke. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think 69 is partly popular just because the numerical accessibility of it more than anything else. Well, maybe. And I think that keeps it really high on the list because again, it's the only sex act that just sort of comes up organically without anyone trying to talk about it. I never thought of it like that. And when I have a partner, a new mm -hmm. partner, and we're talking about things and I'm like, and I fucking hate 69. Don't ask for it. It's not going to be done. Like, it's not something I like. And every time the response is, what? How do you not like 69? Really? And I, my response is, how do you like it? Yeah. yeah it does seem... Really? patently designed to fail like when i give you head don't you want to sit back and enjoy that yeah yeah what is their answer it's you well i usually say when i give you head you're gonna want to sit back <laughs> and enjoy it you're not gonna want to do anything else oh okay <laughs> so they're like okay babe and nobody's gonna respond negatively to that no one's like oh yeah i will yeah seriously yeah right they're like ooh. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's a good sell. Good selling point. Yeah, right. You got me. Right. Yeah, sure. Right. And that. <laughs> so there's there's not usually it's every once in a while it'll come back up like a couple weeks later, like you really don't want to do 60 or they'll like try it. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is not no. Get back up here. Okay. <laughs> I think it's popular because it's a number, firstly. It was one of those ones where I heard a lot more about it when I was young enough that I wasn't having sex yet. Okay. Yeah. Right. That is another one of those ones where like teenagers are like, oh, 69, so cool, 69, so cool. And also, obviously, it is a pregnancy-free sex act. Okay. So if you 69, there's no risk of anybody getting pregnant i mean not none there's the whole like one rogue drop but like for the most part it's a very low risk sexual position for getting somebody pregnant right it seems like it would take experience and physicality to do it right and i think people always think that technically difficult sex is exciting in theory if you have a good time at it i'm not saying it is i think people think that that it's exciting like they imagine this ballet pageantry that isn't how sex tends to go no maybe there's also some glorification and partners uh, along that line because you have to have the right size partner to match you if it's to work properly. That is true. And that's something nobody ever talks about where right. for sure I hadn't really experienced that until I dated someone crazy short and I was like we can't like I literally like we literally can't reach each other at the same time. One of us can reach yeah. and the other one can bend into like a horrible U-shaped pretzel to try and get <laughs> close enough to the goal to, uh, to participate. I think it's amazing that you try anyway. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I think it's fun to try everything and see what works for that couple because, you know, like you said with the car sex person, maybe for this couple, this right. is the couple where you just happen to have every single proportion is perfect. So 69 is somehow amazing, but yeah. it doesn't seem like it could be. I mean, or it seems unlikely for a couple of reasons. So one is that yeah. women, as I understand it, tend to lose bodily control the closer they get to orgasm. So my experience mm -hmm. of 69 has been, if I'm doing a good job... I will bite your dick. <laughs> yeah, I start getting shredded. Mm -hmm. Then I don't want to do a good job anymore. I want to stop because I'm in pain. It's happened. And I'm like, oh God, if, if this keeps going, I could be really dangerous. 
dangerous. Yeah. And so the opposite is also true. Like Mandy said, with focusing on driving, that when the person who's going down on me is focusing on trying to do a good job on me, they tend to not be able to actually enjoy the experience themselves. So usually like one of us is having a not so great time. Right. There isn't even a discussion about who that's going to be. It's like we both start trying and then depending on what mood we're in, one of us is sort of miserable and one of us is sort of having a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, but you know, you know, as an alternative to 69, you know what I do like is six comma nine. What's that? It's the position, but you take turns. Just take turns. I have had a partner that, yeah, that definitely did that where they were like I will wait and when I'm done then we'll switch yes okay okay so how does that work just take turns six comma nine works all the time but like say while the partner is going down on you you just rest your head sideways and enjoy yourself rather than putting them in your mouth yeah oh so that's if you're both lying on your side like on a bed is that is that what we're we're visualizing here whatever 69 you're using either sideways or if one Uh. of you is lying down and one of you is bending over it doesn't Whatever version of 69 that you're supporting for yourself, it's just you take turns on the actual going down on the other person. Oh, okay. Is the cell. Right. Got it. And I found that that's what most 69 turns into either way, but it's usually just not reciprocal. It goes for a while and then one person's like, I can't focus enough for this to be fun so they're just like look you stop and i'm gonna finish or they the opposite where they go i'm gonna stop you finish yeah and then that just ends up being what it is is right, has been yeah. my experience of it even with partners where the dimensions were working out same we happen yeah. to be a really good height for 69 the actual experience was still very questionable yeah but if you talk about it and you plan a six comma nine it's great. I have never intentionally tried that. So now maybe I haven't either something to try the next time I have a partner that is dimensionally compatible for that dimensionally compatible. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I've had a partner that was dimensionally compatible that we both even wanted to try 69. So I haven't tried the six comma nine or even thought about it. I might have to do like Michael just kind of kind of try it. You've got me interested. I had a funny experience with that where I, you know, been with mostly short people for a while and I was with like a tall person for the first time in a long time Mm -hmm. and I like to pick up my partners and all my partners that I've been picking up have been of a certain height that when I pick them up even though they're all the way off the ground and their like legs around my waist their face is just face to face with me because they're that (laughs) short compared to me and so you can just make out with them really easily and I picked up a person who was like average person height and and they were way above me (laughs) you're making out with their sternum (laughs) I had to turn all the way up to find their face and I was like oh I'm looking up at someone to kiss them this must be what it's normally like to make out with me. Hi, person who's highly above me. Yeah, so dimension, dimensions is the opposite of underrated. One of my favorite things about non-monogamy is different dimension partners. I really enjoy a tall person and a short person. And yes. Small people, you can do interesting things because they don't weigh anything, but then I love the weight of a big person. Feeling them crushing down on me and pressing into me is really interesting. Yeah. I do really enjoy that. That's what you- I hadn't really thought about that. That's actually something that, that I really appreciate too. I really appreciate having people that are... Um, closer to my height and people that are really taller than me yeah it's a very nice thing because yeah. closer to my height it's like we're lip lip all the damn time and the taller than me it's like oh cool i can wear heels around you all the damn time yeah it's nice i have, I have a, a partner that's tall and lanky and when we sleep together he like encompasses me with his like tentacles mm-hmm. is what it feels like his arms <laughs> and his legs and then i have a partner that has heavier limbs 
that I'm like, oh, you got to get off me. Like, I can't, you're crushing yeah. me, like, with your arm. <laughs> <laughs> so I do, I, I I like the different, but, like, to snuggle, the bigger arms are more amazing to, like, snuggle into. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I, I love that about polyamory is just being able to experience different body types and different dimensions of people. and Variety. <laughs> yes. Underrated yeah, is yeah. what I would say that is. Well, I think that's something that people don't, think to think about often enough they have a type and they stick to that type i think that also happens that's for sure but because one of the things i think people should say more often when people say oh i'm really worried that if we start seeing other people you'll want someone taller or no i mean it's the variety that's interesting yeah you know even if you're thinking about eurocentric beauty standards there's breast size or something that might be preferred yeah but actually don't want to date like four people with identical breast size you want to date someone that's smaller and someone that's bigger and someone that's in the middle because the variety is really interesting yeah you're not trying to replace people mm-hmm. or it just so happens that that's the breast size that's attached to the person that you're interested right. in sure sure but I'm, I'm saying even if you have you know a specific interest it's still generally the variance that is the thing that, the variety is really interesting like that's yeah or you know the other one the traditional one like well my i know my partner has a partner with like a different shaped penis and i'm worried that mine doesn't live up to that and you're like yeah but they're all different and they all do different things right, and right. if there was one perfect penis then we'd be back at monogamy right like if you were just trying to find the best penis you could find, then when you had that, you would only trade up if it was better, which is not, it's not an objective rack and stack system where you're like, right. oh, well, mine is five points better than yours or five points worse. And that's right. what we're doing. Variety is the really fun part of that. And as Manny said, and the attachment to the person you're emotionally attached to. But variety also people you're emotionally attached to, I think is what makes Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, so I think that variety thing you can play through, whatever it is you're attached to, variety is more exciting in the thing that you like than the same yeah. thing all the time. All right. I got to know what Sarah's got against doggy style. Oh, yeah. Because that's true. It's personally one of my favorite positions. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So well, let's distinguish one thing. Okay. Two different names for this, but there is doggy style, like we're both on our knees on our bed. And then there's doggy style, we're both standing full on, like whomever it is that is receiving up against like a wall or something like that. Those are two different things, right? Or are they the same? Well, and then there's also the person giving, standing up. Yeah. And the person receiving on the bed on their knees, which is my favorite personally. Okay. I think it's just because I'm short. It works with that dimensional thing. It always seems to work better if I'm... You're saying that the person receiving is on their knees, but the other person's full on standing all the way up? On their knees on their bed. Yeah. And then the other person's standing all the way up. How? When you're... If you're scooted all the way to the end of the bed, like all the way to the edge of the bed. Oh, oh, off the end of the bed. Is that considered... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought it was only called doggy style if you're on all fours. I thought that's the doggy part of it. And see, now I, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what she was asking was what... Which are those different? Like, which definition are we talking right. about? And so like in Mandy's scenario where the person on the bed is on all fours, but they're just short enough that the person off the bed is standing all the way up. Right. Like to me, that's still doggy style. Okay. okay. Or if your person receiving is on all fours and the other person is on their knees behind them, on the but bed otherwise or, more or less yeah. straight up and down, that's still doggy style. Or also if they're draped over you. Then that is what I'm referring to because the other thing that I was wondering if that's considered is something I actually like. But the, yes, the actual traditional doggy style, I don't like. And I think it's just because I like the chest to chest feeling. I can't kiss the person. They can't like be over like the person who is giving can like wrap their arms around you, whatever. But it's not the same as the chest to chest feeling to me. So it's like the only contact we have is like 
inside my vagina or anus and then against my the back of my thighs. That like does nothing for me. So it's just not personal enough for you. Yeah, it's not enough skin to skin contact for me. Okay. I don't know. It doesn't hit all the like, yeah, sure. It hits, it hits the G spot pretty well, but it just. I think it hits it amazingly. But hold on, hold on. <laughs> but a lot of those statements don't, unless you don't like a lot of sex acts, don't seem like it lines up, right? Like, because if the person's going down on you, the total amount of their skin touching your skin when they're going down on you is usually like their hands and their face, which is actually less total skin than in the act you just described. You're not chest to chest. Their face isn't at your face. You can't kiss them. So receiving oral, though, they can hit they can really stimulate the clitoris in a more satisfying way. They can stimulate clitoris. They can stimulate the G spot with their tongue if they wanted to or whatever. They can have their hands wrapped around your thighs. You got the eye contact. So there's more happening if they're giving you oral doggy style. You're facing away from them. I'm never looking at anybody giving me oral. I'm just saying that most of the things you listed are the same in oral, right? The total amount of skin content. Like, I get that you're saying that other things are making up for it there, but I just, that's interesting to me. Right. But yeah. So, okay. So then the oral has a, the advantage of having that per, the, the personable, uh, the intimate eye, eye contact. So you just don't feel a connection in, in doggy style. Right. For you, whatever reason for you, doggy style doesn't hit the connection markers. Right. It's just, it's like just nothing for me. It's like, um, okay, this is boring. Yeah. Cause I've definitely had clitoral stimulation in doggy style before i mean you can for sure okay and like you said like hands all over me sure yeah they can get their hand everywhere on you lots of skin contact but there isn't that face to face sure. mm-hmm. which i personally kind of like sometimes but i definitely think it's fun for objectification play i could see that yeah i could totally see that if i wanted to be objectified i could see like let's do doggy style if i really wanted to feel like an object. I guess there's lots of different from behind sexual positions, but they're not all doggy style. I definitely wouldn't talk about the one of you's pressed up against the wall and the other person's right behind you and you're both standing up and you're behind. That's not doggy style to my mind, for sure. Mm -hmm. I personally think that one's a little overrated because my ass is way too big to do that. (laughs) 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 And even, like, even at my thinnest, Uh even at my thinnest, my ass was too big to do that. Okay. Obviously, they're overrated for you, for sure but like both of those definitely sound like complaints that are very person specific specific right okay yeah it is interesting because for sure in general my experience has been that most people partners i have had have enjoyed doggy style a lot yeah you're the first person that's ever been like i just don't like it that i've ever talked to the only person i've ever heard that didn't like it had a trauma related to it so interesting yeah that's not my story so that's interesting another one that i actually don't like to is actually cunnilingus all right this one is, is more common, but go ahead. I'm sorry, you don't like to receive it or give it? Uh, receiving. I, I just feel like, okay, I've only like orgasmed to cunnilingus a couple times. So part of it is just like I haven't had partners who could like really know what they're doing. That's the part. But even if they really know what they're doing, <laughs> typically it's just like, okay, you got, you're just like, it feels like you're just like poured a bucket on me. Like, can you get out of there? I'm just like overly wet now. You're just creating a mess. I feel like that means they still don't know what they're doing. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, you got the wrong partners doing that, Sarah. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, okay. So, because <laughs> for sure, when I've read books on technique for cunnilingus, one of the things they say is to make sure you collect the moisture as you're going. That you should be swallowing and yeah. putting the correct amount of moisture and and cleaning as you go, basically. So oh. if you're just like sticking your tongue out and drooling all over the person until they're a bucket, like yeah, <laughs> that person's not good at the act. Keep trying, I promise. Like I don't think that's the act itself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Got it. My bad. All right. Now we know too much about Sarah. <laughs> unless you requested that. Unless you were like, extra wet, please. <laughs> extra then wet. I like my, I like my cunnilingus like I like my wings. <laughs> I do, I do think, I do think that, I think that your experience though is very common. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sarah, you also have to self-advocate. What do you mean? What? You have to kind of tell them what to do when they're down there sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I guess, I mean, being, I, I feel like I don't really understand how it works. I feel like I don't know how to tell them what to do with their yeah. tongue because I've never tried to do with my tongue what they're trying to do on someone with a vagina. Yeah, I'm sorry. I do it, so. And you've never had a good experience yes you've never had a good experience and you've never done it so you actually don't know what feels good right so i have had like two two partners that could make me come and i don't know what the hell they did they just did it and it worked so i didn't take notes there's a book by i think think margaret cho about cunnilingus and how to do it okay you can buy anywhere you can buy it on itunes oh if you don't know and they don't know send them to go buy that book (laughs) okay so i should be all right, I just had the funny conversation in my mind. I was just like, so I, uh, okay, I should be like, hey, you fucking suck at this. I'm going to get you a book, okay? <laughs> well, first of all, you should read the book. Yes. You should buy the book. You should read the book. And then when they do that, you should be like, hey, can you try this? Hey, can you try this? Like, yeah. okay. okay, okay, okay. I mean, and then if their confidence <laughs> is up to it, if you have a good rapport with them, then yeah, you should be like, buy the book, read the book. I don't want to have to tell you everything in the book. Surprise me. Okay. And, you know, make okay. it fun. I think they have the ultimate guide to cunnilingus and the ultimate guide to fellatio and, and be like, I'll okay. get the ultimate guide to fellatio. You get the ultimate guide to cunnilingus. We'll trade. We'll read it. We'll try things out on each other. Right. We'll see what we like. Yeah. I mean, obviously don't be like, you suck. I'm great. I need you to read this book and get better at this. But, you know, if you don't know, there's books for this like that's what books are for yeah see here it is the forward is by margaret cho the ultimate guide to cunnilingus by violet blue i mean i'm sure there are other books too i read that book it had some really useful hints in it i thought it was a good starting point if you're not really sure what to do all right i'll advocate for myself okay so both of these particular books are actually by the same author the ultimate guide to fellatio is also by violet blue oh that's cool yeah so you can literally buy those two books and be like oh look they're both in the same author we'll trade it'll be fun all right You could research a different book if that's not doing it for you. But I feel like there is someone out there that doesn't like oral sex at all when performed exactly in the way that would be best for them personally. I'm sure. But I think it's selling yourself short to be like, well, once or twice I've had a good time, but I I don't know. That was weird, irrepeatable lightning magic. And also, I will say it's not point and click. Every woman, Mm -hmm. you have to learn from sort of scratch, Mm -hmm. which is why I do think the book is helpful. You want to be like, all right, here are the things I know have worked. Here are things I know have, but like they're going to be different for lots of people. We'll try each of them, see which ones you like. And like Manny said, that's the self-advocation. Like, yes, that technique. No, not that technique. When you do it faster, slower, more intense, less intense. Not yet. Take a break. Yeah. Over, over, up, up. Yeah. <laughs> Overstimulating, understimulating, stay consistent. Yeah. Coaching. I have found that once I became much more self-advocating in bed, that my sex life got way better. Yeah. And that okay. included cunnilingus. Yeah. And I think that's true for everyone because among other things, self-advocation is also just more talking. Yeah. And that's always helpful yeah. because...
yeah, it was more communication. We're, we're, we're all unique sexual beings. We all have different favorite things. We all have different bodies yeah. and nobody has a roadmap to your body. In most cases, not even you. Yeah. So one of the fun things about being with partners, I think is trying to build that roadmap together. And I also think that again, with the variety of partner bodies, your roadmap isn't unique. There's lots of different ways to please you. And the specific partner is going to be able to do it based on their specific abilities as well. I have a, like a one third tied tongue, mm. which means I can't stick my tongue out very far. Mm -hmm. So I have to use different techniques than somebody who has a five inch tongue would have to use. Right. It's an experience of learning with them and saying, well, here's what I can do. Here's the limits of my physical body. Here's what I can try. Yeah. Here are things that mm -hmm. I think might work. How does this feel? Is the same thing with people who have uh, much more sensitive gag reflexes sure. and, and things like that. You just learn different techniques around it yeah. and what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. I think what I like the best about oral actually is I do like that it's the opportunity to totally just focus on the other person. Yes. Mm. And vice versa. To go back to what it's like to have a, a penis, you know, I have been told my whole life, your problem is that you might come too soon. You get targeted advertising, you get movies, you get shows, and in all of them, the joke is the guy mm -hmm. comes before the girl does. And so one thing that's nice, of course, is if you go down on your partner first and they've already orgasmed, you're not worried about it would be nice if they orgasm again. But, you know, if they don't, OK, I'll live. That's the whole like that book. She mm -hmm. comes first concept, which is once we know that you already got there. But also statistically, once a woman does orgasm, they're actually more likely to orgasm again. So the yes. chances that they orgasm with you the hmm. second time go up dramatically. Yeah. And Sarah, the only time that I can have an internal orgasm is if I've had an external orgasm already. OK. If you're coming with an internal orgasm and that's it, I can't even imagine what it would be like if you had an external orgasm and then had an internal orgasm. You know what I mean? Because like Michael said, like if you orgasm once, it's much more likely to have another orgasm. And to me, they're bigger too, mm -hmm. the second ones and the third ones. So I'm telling you, just keep at it. <laughs> just keep at it. <laughs> Find a partner that wants to work with you on it, which is the other thing. I think it's just fun to work yeah. with your partner getting better in bed. Like I feel like if one of your long-term goals for being with your partner isn't just getting better at sex the longer you're together, I'm not sure what you're doing <laughs> in that relationship. Like if I'm with a partner and they're like, this is as good as I want to get at sleeping with you. I'm not going to put any more work into learning your body or learning my own body and figuring out how we can have better orgasms and better sex. I'm like, well, that's a real hard discussion for me then because I that's a huge part of what I get out of Romancing. continuing relationships is that working together yeah. on the shared project of better sex. You say that and I used to have a partner that, that would kind of like tease me with that. He would say like, I think last night was the absolute <laughs> best sex we could ever have. And it was like, a, oh, you think that was the best? All right. All right. We'll see. You know, and it, it was kind of like a, a Dread Pirate Roberts reference. I don't, I'm not catching that reference. You don't know uh, Princess Bride? I do, but I don't know the reference. I know that, but I don't remember that reference. I'm not like a multiple times a movie person. I see. In mean, The Princess Bride, the character Wesley, the whole thing is that he says that his experience with the Dread Pirate Roberts is every day. The guy says, good day. I had a good day with you. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't. And every day he has a better day. And then after like two years, he makes him the new king of the pirates. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And so it was a joke where it's like, he says, we're done. There's nothing more we can do. But it's uh, yeah, it, okay, like, okay. that's never the case. Yeah. Like it's That's why I said it's a, a oh. Dread Pirate. Robert's yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe that was for him, but it was. It, yeah, it no, no, no. I meant it was like that. I don't <laughs> think he was doing it as a Dread Pirate Roberts reference, but yeah. I meant it's the same sort of cinematic structure. Like it's a fun joke because of the same reason where you're like, well, that's the best we can do. No reason to try again tomorrow. And then, oh, that was better than last time. No reason to try again tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he would just be like, oh, 
that's it right there. And I'm like, oh, buddy, that is not <laughs> it right there. <laughs> Are we done with overrated sex acts? Is there another sex act we should hit before we get off that's overrated? Because I feel like we did get a lot of the big ones that people get hype on. <laughs> you said and hit then before we get it off. It turns out you tried them and are like, I don't know why I tried this. All right. Do you want to throw in some overrated poly advice? I mean, I only really have one, to be honest. So I'll throw it in because it's just one I see all the time and it bugs me. And so far, I've asked about 10 people and every person I've asked has had the same response within a a very small variance. And it's been that the advice is sort of nonsense, but I've never seen anyone call anyone on it being nonsense. (laughs) So I'm in all these poly groups and they're the kind of poly groups where it's not like specialist led groups. It's, you know, community talking to community in hidden chats. And someone will say, well, I'm having this problem. And the problem that they're having is one of their partners is withdrawing sexually. We used to have sex this amount. Now we're not having sex as often. What do I do about that? And I promise you within the first three responses, if not the first response, one or two of the people who responds will say, get other partners, have sex with them. (sighs) Yes, we talked about this. Now I remember you see, yeah. I obviously, I always ask Sarah and Mandy, some of the first people I bounce ideas off of. And I'm like, is it just me? Am I I crazy? Is this? Like, it's it's sort of my starting point. And I'm like, so first of all, I don't think that answers the problem, which is I think a lot of times people's problem is that they're worried their relationship is changing in a dramatic and negative way because a massive fall off in sexual engagement is sort of an indicator that there's a problem there for most people. Yeah, they're not just worried about getting their nut. And I think their concern is far more than just, I'm really horny. Like, it's not like they're like, Mm, man, I'm just really horny. And if I could get laid, like, awesome. (laughs) But also they just give this advice to everyone and not everyone can just go out and get a new sexual partner. Yeah. Then it's just bad advice. Right. Yeah, well, we're going to get back to it's bad advice. I'm just saying, like, it's bad advice even if it wasn't bad advice. (laughs) There's so many reasons. Right? Even if it wasn't bad advice, it's nonsense because it's like, well, isn't that person worried that they're losing their partner? And also, how? I can't just go out tonight and get a sexual partner. I can't be like, oh, it's 9 o'clock. I'm sure I can find someone by 10. Like, how do I... (laughs) Like, that's not a reasonable (laughs) note. But then, Mandy, do you want to say why it's bad advice before I jump in and add my... Sex with one person is not sex with another person. Yeah. Like, it's it's just different. It's not... No. (laughs) If I want to have sex with this partner, having sex with this partner is not going to fix wanting to have sex with this partner. Right, yeah. Well, again, I feel like it's a weird monogamy myth that if you believe it, I don't know why you're polyamorous. Right. Right. Because if you believe that all sex is interchangeable, then why do you care about having multiple authentic relationships? You should just be looking for that one partner that will meet all of your sexual needs because it's easier. It's less effort. It's more consistent. And once you've got it nailed, you're just done. Like, why are Mm -hmm. you even bothering with having multiple partners if for you, sex is just sex is just sex is just Mm -hmm. interchangeable? I don't know what the point is. If sex is interchangeable for you, then ew. (laughs) for one sex is not interchangeable it is so different with every person yes yes like sex with partner b is never gonna replace sex with partner a it's just not gonna happen yeah well and if again if it could we would have a lot of rehashing to do of a lot of our polyamorous theories right Right. so in our ethical non-monogamy theories our whole note was you're not replaceable because they got a new partner and then the immediate advice is just go get new partners and replace them just replace them yeah what none of this is even my primary beef like it's all bad advice even if it wasn't bad advice but my beef with it is that i experience most of my libido 
in a person-specific way. Yes. If I have a non-person-specific libido, I can always just masturbate. Yep. Right? Like, if I'm just horny and I haven't had sex in forever, I can pull up somebody on an OnlyFans channel that I'm interested in and good, we're good. So, presumably, the thing that I need is connection... With a specific person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I have I become aroused by a specific person and my body is longing to connect with them, to process their pheromones, to check in with them physically. But, Michael, can't you just go have sex with your other partner? Wouldn't that just do it for you? <laughs> yeah. No, no, obviously not, right? So, my, my interest is person-specific. So, if I'm really jonesing for a specific partner and they're like, I'm not interested in sleeping with you, sleeping with other partners does not replace mm-hmm. them. I have to process and work out that issue with my partner. Like, I feel like the response should always be more communication. Explain where you're coming from, why the sex is an important part of your connection to them, why you have a specific sexual need for them as a person. Ask them what's going on that they don't want to sleep mm-hmm. with you. Because And usually that is true, too. Usually in the story, in the community, the story is like, well, we haven't really talked about it. They've just withdrawn <laughs> yeah. and they've just not been around and they haven't offered and I haven't asked. And I'm like, fucking talk to them. Right? Yeah. The yeah. advice should be talk to them. Instead, people are like, go get a substitute partner. <laughs> Instead yeah. of just talking to this partner and finding out why your libidos are not in sync anymore. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, not having identical libidos is really common. I would say it's the norm. It's like human. I would say for almost all partners, right? one of you is going to have right. more l- desire for the other one sexually, a higher libido for the other one. I'm sure sometimes it's, it's close enough you don't notice, but... Mm-hmm. It's generally always true that there's at least a partial libido mismatch. And that's totally fine. Yeah. There's no problem with that. But that should always be part of your relationship discourse as well. And especially sudden changes in it. Because I don't usually see the advice like, I've had a partner for a long time. They've never had as much sex as I would like. What should I do? Get more partners. Isn't normally Mm -hmm. what I see. It's always like, there's been a drop off that's unexplained in our sexual engagement. What should I do? Go sleep with someone else. (laughs) Any massive change to the structure of your relationship should be an immediate cue to go have a conversation. A discussion, right. To work the problem out with the person, to try and figure out why they're suddenly not interested in you. It's just amazingly bad advice. And I think I see it every day. Like, I don't think I... No, that's the great thing about being poly. You can just get more partners. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw a, like a pencil at the screen. What are you doing? <laughs> Like a better advice would just be like, go yeah. jerk off. Yeah. I know. Seriously. Right? Like if you're that horny, just go jerk off. That would be so much better advice. Just go jerk off and then talk to your right. partner about it. Right? I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I assume most of us went through long periods when we were younger where we weren't getting enough sex and so, or just long periods when we were older and we didn't have right. partners where we just used masturbation yep. to get through. If you're like, again, if you're purely just horny, like if you're like, man, I, I can't think of anything other than getting off cool go get off then go having a meaningful conversation with your partner about why you guys had such a sudden shift in your relationship and what if anything you can do to fix that rift or if maybe you need to transition the relationship down so that there's not this expectation because it's always a mismatch in expectation that breaks your heart if you think you're supposed to be having sex all the time and then that other person just won't have sex with you that's just terrifying for no reason and you're concerned and you're worried and you're not getting your needs met and you don't know what to do go talk to them don't just go try and get more people who will sleep with you that's awful advice right 
It's going to end badly. Don't yeah, do it. Seriously. Do not do it. Does anyone else have anything they see a lot in ENM channels that just drives them bad? Not that I can think of at the moment. I mean, not that I can bitch about freely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that sounds fun. <laughs> Too bad we can't use that. So maybe that would be fun to do for another time. If you have, as a listener, any really overrated sex acts or any really terrible ENM advice you see everywhere, please send it to us. We might do an episode on that at some point, but we're out of time. So we're going to wrap it and try and get this out to you in a less unreasonable time frame. But I'm not promising anything. <laughs> we're going to try, though. We're going to try. Doing our best. Working Thanks on for it. listening. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And thanks for 69 great episodes, and we can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Till next time, 6, comma 9. 6, comma 9. <laughs> way better than 69. Bye, 69. Bye, everybody. Bye.